Welcome to the 10th episode of the Cranky Flyer interview. My guest today is Max Kanage, General Manager of SAS Scandinavian Airlines here in the U.S. And my fake sponsor this week, Surströmming. Go to Sweden so you can try Surströmming. Just do not ever bring it on an airplane. Back in 1985, I had my first transatlantic flight on an SAS DC-10 from Los Angeles to Copenhagen. Ever since then, I've had a soft spot for the airline. And so I was interested to talk to Max to hear more about what the airline is doing. It's been under assault from Norwegian for years now. It's always had to deal with high labor costs and a complex structure. And it's not a member of any of the large joint ventures. So I talked to Max to hear what SAS was doing to make things work. What I'd like to do is hear about your current transatlantic strategy here, because you're, you're sort of a, an in-betweener. Um, you know, you have the, the big joint ventures over the Atlantic, and then you have some of the, the small ultra-low-cost carriers like Norwegian and Level and June, if you want to count that, and all that kind of stuff that's starting up. Uh, and so SAS here is, uh, you know, one of the, the national carriers, I guess with three nations, but a national carrier that's uh, still uh, doing it alone with some help from the Star Alliance. Uh, and I, so I'd like to hear, what is the current strategy? Yes. Uh, hi, Brett, and thank you so much for, for having me on this, this podcast. Um, well, uh, it's, it's, as you say, it's, it's, a, it's a tough market out there, no question about it. There's a lot of options for, for consumers uh, uh, to choose between them. Kind of an interesting industry because it's, it requires a lot of capital, uh, buying or, or leasing aircraft. It's requiring a lot of manpower to, to operate an airline. And given the uh, vast amount of air, airlines out there, also the, the prices are going down constantly and the margins in the industry also are really thin. So for sure you need to be on point and have a really clear strategy for, for surviving, basically. And we have been around for for more than seven years, so we we're obviously finding our our spot in this this uh, to some extent crazy crazy industry and very challenging market. Uh, but you were asking about the, the strategy. I think uh, from an overall company perspective, we've been really clear on what customer group we are focusing on, and that is the frequent travelers. And we have defined them that the ones who travel five times or more is what we then define as frequent travelers for us. And if you start by looking at the uh, the Scandinavian market, it's quite interesting because you can see that the individuals that travel five times or more, they stand for up to 70% of the total air spent in that region. So it's a kind of a manageable group of individuals that stands for the majority part of, of the potential revenue for, for airlines. So the, the bulk of the strategy then is is the Scandinavian origin traveler, or maybe some of the Americans who travel frequently to Scandinavia, or do you try and focus beyond as well? No, it's definitely including U.S. market as well. So it's basically traveling to, from, or also within or via Scandinavia. So everyone that has a need or can connect in our region is a part of that scope and that strategy. So if we look to the U.S., that's definitely a part of the strategy as well, to see how we can be addressing those travelers and those needs uh, and to give 
one example, we know that uh, these target groups and, and also the broader audience, naturally, they do seek a non-stop connection. And that's why we have uh, expanded our network, and especially here in the U.S., where we have increased the number of non-stop connections from the U.S. to Scandinavia, which naturally is, is our home market. So I think that's also the clear position we have taken uh, to be, of course, the leading airline here in the U.S. traveling to Scandinavia with the superior network and, and uh, the most frequencies as, as a starting point. So I think that's one part in the strategy to be focused on everything we do with regards to the products that we're developing and the features that we're adding to our services is addressing the need of uh, of the frequent traveler and uh, what they uh, see is important, where time uh, is one key component, naturally. So what what do you consider to be important? Because obviously you've been competing with Norwegian for many years now. they keep growing like crazy, uh, and you know maybe not as much out of Scandinavia as they are from some other bases currently, like Spain and, and London. But um, you know, what what have you learned over the years of what you need to offer to really be attractive to someone who might think about Norwegian when uh, you know Norwegian generally competes on price? Yeah. Uh, no, it's a great question, and of course, naturally, Norwegian is is a key competitor for for us in in SS, and they have been so for for quite some time. So we know them quite quite well, both in our home market, but also now uh, here in in uh, other markets outside Scandinavia and in, in Europe. And one thing, of course, is to to ensure that we have a a, a relevant uh, operational platform and a cost structure as well, so we can be relevant. In not only in, in schedule and, and departures and so forth, uh, but also on price, because naturally that's that's a key component when customers make their, their choices. So we have done uh, a massive restructuring and, and we're constantly continuing to to make sure that we have a cost base that is competitive, so we can be profitable, which we are, but at the same time also make sure we are competitive uh, with the fares we have in the market. So that's one thing, but I think that's more kind of the, the fundamentals on, on having the, the base in place, so to say. Uh, but I think what, what stands out from, from our competitors in Norwegian especially is, is, again, going back to the focus on the core target group, which are the frequent travelers, and always constantly finding ways to address that their time is valuable. So we have a, a brand promise which time matters, and for instance, by developing new services like uh, fast track or we're investing a lot in our launches to make sure that when they are there they can spend their time in the best possible way and of course not to mention the the product as such i don't know if you you obviously it was some time ago since you flew with fs but uh, <laughs> not, not too long ago we, we made a, a massive investment in our long haul fleet so we have uh, brand new cabins and brand new aircrafts operating from U.S. to Scandinavia. Uh, and there you can see the real difference, I would say, between uh, not only Norwegian but all competitors that we have with this uh, upgrade of our cabins as superior products. Not only then in, in um, uh, I would say, especially the, the economy and the premium economy segment, but uh, above all, our business cost is being highly uh, appreciated by our customers. So, of course, the product and the service that we 
offer is is a key differentiator between um, our competitors in, in general. Now, now, what about on the other end of the competitive spectrum here, where you have the the big joint ventures, right? You have the United Air Canada, Lufthansa Group, the Air France, KL, Delta guys, and of course. Uh, British Airways, Siberia, and, and American. Uh, you know, how do you uh, compete with them? Is it is it really more about um, the the route map? Is it having the non-stops, or, or are there other things oh, that you think again, are it's a, it's a are uh, important think, in, in differentiating? Yeah. Uh, no. Again, it's a great question. I think one one starting point is to realize who you are and who you're not, and and we are not uh, one of the big U.S. carriers, for instance, or, or uh, Lufthansa in, in this case. And we, we, we use that to our advantage in a way. And we're in this, in this scene to somewhat uh, a niche carrier. Naturally, we have a position to Scandinavia where we have the best network. But also we can be kind of the underdog to serve other secondary flows in Europe. Naturally, if we look at New York to London or to Frankfurt, there are tons of choices and especially among uh, those carriers that fly a lot of non-stops. But there is a lot of traffic going from the U.S., for instance, to, to Europe, where where we can find that spot as as being the uh, the niche player that can add something extra. And, and one thing, I think, which plays to our advantage is that we also have really good connections and also connecting airports in Scandinavia. If you look at the airports of both Oslo, Copenhagen, and, and Stockholm, many customers prefer to make a transfer in those small or medium-sized uh, airports instead of running around in, in Frankfurt or, or Schiphol, uh, which are huge airports. So I think that's part of the convenience of flying with SS and transferring in Scandinavia if you're going to, to Europe as, as your destination. Uh, and I think also more in the corporate segment uh, that we we are big enough to be relevant for the customers, but we are in a way small enough to to also find our way in and in, in getting a relevant market share to to those bigger flows in uh, in Europe. If you uh, look outside Scandinavia, so I think by by taking that kind of niche um, position helps us. In a way, naturally, we are a part of Star Alliance, as you say, and that has a big uh, plays a big important role for us in the U.S., especially when you need to connect domestically in the U.S. So we, of course, uh, use and leverage on that partnership. Uh, but in addition, we we do uh, find that uh, segment that to to fill, especially uh, in addition to Scandinavia, the secondary flows, which which plays our advantage. Okay, and do, is that a big piece of your your market, or is it primarily people flying nonstop, or are you doing a lot of these smaller secondary markets, and it just adds up to be a lot of the airplane? No, I think going back to kind of the core strategy, the, the major flows and where we, we, we put our most of our focus is on the Scandinavian uh, flies that fly to or okay. from Scandinavia, so it's definitely key strategy and where we focus the most is those uh, customers, corporate or leisure, that, that would like to go to Scandinavia. And I think that's also going back to your question about how we kind of differentiate in this market. I think one thing that plays our advantage is the, the uh, uh, both from the corporate side, that we have a really strong economy in the Scandinavian countries, and the exchange, of course, with you as being the market that it is. 
is of course stimulating more companies and more growth and more exchange between the U.S. and Scandinavia. So that has triggered a demand between uh, the Scandinavian region and the U.S. cities that we operate from, which which has helped in this expansion. So that's one thing. But also from the leisure side and and the demand for for exploring Scandinavia as a region. I think many people here in the U.S., especially, they've been to Paris, they've been to London, they've been to to Rome, but uh, they're starting to discover something something else. And here's really where Scandinavia can play a, a part in this, to offer a different experience that perhaps they're, uh, they're not used to. So I think the increase in leisure travel, which we have seen, if you talk with, for instance, the, the Scandinavian tourist boards, uh, we see a double-digit growth year after year for leisure travel from the U.S. to Scandinavia. And that is definitely something that partly naturally strengthens our market. But it's, the good thing here is that it fits us as a company as well. Because, And I think that's another point where we differentiate from, from Norwegian, for instance, and especially other U.S. carriers, that when you travel with SS, we you get we usually actually hear from our customers that they feel they're already in Scandinavia when they step into our lounge or they board our aircraft because we incorporate our Scandinavian heritage and DNA in our products, in our service, in our design, in our food, and everything we offer to be a part of the experience flying with SS. And in that way, we yeah. can enforce our our legacy as a Scandinavian brand into what we offer our customers. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that. Now, of course, probably fairly easy to fill your airplanes in July, but uh, when you have to get people to go to Scandinavia in February, maybe that's a little tougher. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sometimes cold in Scandinavia, uh, <laughs> even though it's, uh, I, I think, again, it's a little bit what you're looking for. If you're looking for Sun, uh, sun and uh, 80 degrees and, and uh, some beach, maybe not uh, Scandinavia is the place to go in February. But if you want to, you know, uh, really get close to the nature or uh, go to a Christmas market in December in Pivoli in Copenhagen or looking for other kind of, of uh, experiences than just the warm sun in, during the winter, then there is a lot to explore in, in Scandinavia. Yeah. So, yeah. again, it's, it's uh, depending on what you're looking for. Of course. So, so, now, so Scandinavia is a, a benefit to the strategy in this sense, but there's also some challenges that come with being Scandinavian. First of all, uh, you're split between three countries. Uh, I don't remember what the number was, but I remember seeing at some point from a labor perspective, you had an impossibly large number of unions that you had to deal with uh, just because of the different countries and everything else that was involved. Um, and, of course, these are countries that uh, tend to have higher higher costs uh, in general because of the, the social socialist nature of the states, right? Um, and so, you know, I know one of the things that caught my eye last year um, was that you were looking at opening these bases outside of Scandinavia uh, as a way to, I assume that the rationale was to find a way to reduce costs and become more competitive. But I was wondering if you could talk more about that strategy and how that's been going. Yeah. Uh, no, as, as you say, I mean, we have many other airlines that have been around for, for a while, uh, again, more than 70 years in our case. Uh, it, it's, of course, it comes with some, some legacy that we need to deal with in order to stay competitive. 
I mean, if you if you look at what an airline ticket costs today, flying from the U.S. to Scandinavia, it's more or less the same in absolute dollars that it cost 60 years ago. So the prices have been changing in in dollars, but uh, naturally other things has has changed. So we absolutely need to be efficient in our operating platform and make sure we have our cost structure in in uh, under control naturally and. One, we have done uh, a number of different things, and, and we had uh, really, um, you know, good and constructive discussions with the unions. We have led to, for instance, a three-year collective uh, agreement with uh, pilot unions. That's, that's one thing which secures that cost dimension from for uh, a period of time. But another area, as you mentioned, is to uh, create a, a base uh, in outside Scandinavia. And in December, we opened one base in London, and where we, we will also open a new one in, in, uh, in Malaga uh, during the summer. And it is, as you say, naturally uh, a way of reducing our cost. And it's, it's quite clear if you look at other airlines, how they are doing this. We are more or less the, one of the few that hasn't done it so far. So in order to stay competitive, we need to make sure that we uh, work with our uh, operational platform as well to to lower the customer we can. And this is a clear case where we uh, can see some clear benefits on doing so without having a negative impact on the customer offering. Because if they fly from London to Copenhagen or Copenhagen to London, it's no change uh, in, in what we, at the end, uh, basically offer to the customers, but it reduces our costs uh, significantly, which is uh, the reason behind it. So, to be clear, you're not looking to develop new routes out of London or Malaga. This is really about serving the network in a different way. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, it's a little bit twofold. Primarily, it's it's uh, uh, the the core uh, purpose of this is to reduce the cost base. So it's not necessarily to change the network and and the the, the, the map where we fly to. So it, it starts from there. But if you start from Malaga instead of of uh, Stockholm, of course, it does open up some some possibilities to do some other. Turnarounds and to open up some other other destinations as well, where we, with bases only in Scandinavia, could uh, could do. So I think one thing which was a, a key success factor for this year, and and that we deliver a very strong result for for the 2017 uh, financial year, was that we uh, adapted our network to address the the peak in in leisure travel during summer, where we historically didn't really have that flexibility in our operational platform but due to a number of changes in our structure we are now basically uh, uh, ready to fly when customers have the, the highest demand and this will further enable us to find markets and destinations where we see growth and then we can address them mostly naturally from our existing basis but also opening up London and, and Malaga which is maybe more the leisure oriented destination to to find new revenue potential there as well. So is this something that works elsewhere? I mean, can we look for a a U.S. base, or is this primarily something that works in a short-haul market, um, you know, within Europe? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, at the moment, it is uh, London and Malaga that we we are uh, have and will establish. Uh, I wouldn't say that uh, that's necessarily something that will not happen in in other countries as well. But at the moment, we don't have any a specific plans or or taking that to to the U.S. And uh, it's also naturally a comparison with what is the structure for establishing a base in U.S. versus Scandinavia in this case. And in, in that okay. case, um, I, I'm not sure if, if that's the, the right decision also from a cost perspective. But what we're sure. uh, looking at, looking ahead and, and speaking of, of the U.S., I think one thing, as I mentioned, a little bit more than a year ago, we opened up four new routes and added 25% more capacity in the U.S., further connecting U.S. with Scandinavia. Uh, but also looking ahead, uh, I think with our intention on how we can further grow in the U.S. market, which is uh, the biggest market for us outside Scandinavia, uh, for sure, then we will also see how we can find new ways and new flows and new destinations that we can continue to grow, which is uh, very much driven by an increasing in uh, leisure demand. And, and I imagine, and, and this I'll, I'll wrap up here, but uh, looking forward, you have NEOs, you have A350s on order, correct? And so, um, you know, how does that play into your expansion strategy? Are there things that you can't do today that those aircraft are going to allow? Yeah, I think uh, we're definitely looking into more opportunities to, to further expand our network. Uh, we're about halfway through our upgrade of the Airbus 320neo, which is primarily going to fly in, in, uh, in Europe, naturally. And then uh, later we have A350s coming in. Uh, and those would primarily open operate on the longer routes, such as Asia or the U.S. West Coast and so forth. But, of course, looking at how the aircraft have developed and the range have, has been developing, I mean, one one area that is interesting to look at is to see how we can uh, maybe operate thinner flows with smaller aircraft, so like uh, a narrow-body uh, long-range, perhaps to, to find uh, either more other destinations in the U.S. or serve other Scandinavian destinations from our existing hubs. So that's a part of our strategy to see how we can expand our network in the U.S. to to serve and to further strengthen our position as the leading carrier to Scandinavia. And now you know what SAS is up to. Thanks to Max for spending some time with me this week. And thanks to our big sponsor, Surströmming. Give it a try if you can, but seriously, do not bring it on an airplane. If you'd like to be a real sponsor... You know what to do, email me at cf at crinkyflyer.com. And that's it for now. Until next time, thanks for listening.